Hi, and welcome to the Tomato Timer, a podcast about learning to learn. I'm Zubair from Xenos, and I'm tuning in live with experts from around the world, asking your questions and hearing their stories, all before the timer goes off. 24 minutes and 39 seconds to go. Hi, we're on episode number 46 of the Tomato Timer, and I am excited to welcome on my podcast another podcast host, Justin Wynn. He's the founder of Get Your Grind Up, uh, a media company helping students navigate their life through college, and also the host of a iTunes Top 100 podcast, the Declassified College Podcast, where he unlocks cheat codes to thriving in college in bite-sized episodes. With over 7 million uh, viewers, that's amazing. Justin, it's really good to have you. How are you? Thank you so much. No, thank you for, for having me. I'm doing well. It's great to hear. I, I want to like kick it right off um, by first finding out what, what led you to launch the Classified College. What was, what was the kind of the, the, the trigger really? Yeah, so with Declassified College goes all the way back to to the start of Get Your Grind Up. Um, really, Get Your Grind Up started when I was in college, and the whole purpose of that was to really showcase to my friends and the people that were following me at the time that I was pulling putting in the work to get these good grades and these internships. Um, I wasn't just like naturally smart or anything. I would come home from work, study, and showcase my study tips as well as my networking tips, and that started to to kind of blow up a little bit. And that led us to our first show, the Get Your Grind, or yeah, the Get Your Grind Up show. And what we found with that show was it was a long form, forty-five to an hour long interview show, typically like what you think of most podcasts. And that was great from our end um, in terms of like we got to meet a bunch of really cool people, anywhere from like influencers with millions of followers to entrepreneurs who have raised millions of VC funding. But from the viewer pers- or perspective of things it wasn't that great, right? There's not many Gen Zers that will listen to a 45 minute long um, yeah. podcast episode, which I'm assuming is sort of like the reason why you have your show yeah. around the, uh, the like the, the 25 minute mark. Um, so we took all that data and we sat back and like, how can we create a show that's specific for students? And that's where Declassified College kind of came about. And the whole thinking behind Declassified was we have all of these insights from my personal journey and students all around the world through my LinkedIn following. How can we find a way to incorporate all of them into one into short episodes to showcase this knowledge to, to students around the world? And that's where we came up with our show. And the, the whole concept behind the show is we want to take the concept of a vlog, which many Gen Z people are sort of used to watching, and how there's different characters in each episode. And those are the different students that we showcase their tips and tricks on each of our episodes. It's awesome. I've I've listened to a couple episodes and it's it's very addictive as well. Um, it's so quick and and easy. You know, just go from one to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I can definitely see the the kind of the the charm or the, the attraction behind having super short but very very insightful piece of advice in in very short periods of time. Um, I guess the re- the reason behind it was obviously your college journey, um, and and your current kind of choices that you've gone through to make to get where you are. Um, which has led to so many of those kind of experiences and insights that you share. So I guess, what is what are the major challenges while students are navigating through college, through university, uh, and even through high school, to be honest? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's like you just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially growing up with a very stereotypical Asian background, like I trusted my parents with everything, right? I thought everything that they they said, they knew the world. Yeah. So like growing up, um, I was kind of forced down the path to like become a, a doctor, engineer, lawyer, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, I said no to that and be, ended up graduating with a finance degree. 
But during that time, I believed them in the way that it's like, hey, you need to get good grades in high school. You get into a good college, get good grades in college, and you'll get an internship. And that's just what I thought would happen. So like my freshman year of college, I had like a near 4.0. And then the next step was, okay, let's try to find internships. Mm -hmm. So I applied to like 50 plus. I was like, oh, I'm going to get an internship just like that. There's no reason why Google won't hire me. Facebook won't hire me, whoever it may be. And I got rejected by every single one. Like I didn't even get an interview, um, like just straight up rejection. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And then like fast forward to when I graduated, I had five internships, three at Fortune 500 companies. And I had sort of figured out these cheat codes from a lot of my own personal trial and error. So my whole thing is a lot of these students, they struggle to land these first that first internship experience, which is ultimately the really hard one to land. Once you land one, typically you, you know the process to land more. Yeah. Um, I think that what we are providing is career advice, but in a fun way. Uh, that's very different than the career advice that you would get from like your career service. The yeah. information is the same, but the execution is completely different. You're absolutely right. There's so much misconception and I'd even say misinformation um, surrounding the university um, and the and the job market. Unfortunately, like we love our parents, but um, the, the knowledge and that they or the experiences that they've had is very, very different to what's happening right now. And I really do want to dive into this kind of employability piece with you as well. Um, but I've, I've faced similar challenges and I've, it's crazy, but you find that um, like the power of networking, the power of speaking to people, uh, it kind of like opens up so many more doors for you than, um, than having like an incredible CV. Grades are just like one stepping stone to it all. Um, and I think this brings me to kind of my next question and, and topic of discussion, which is around personal brands. Um, I've started to realize their the value, um, but it sometimes might not be, I don't know, as relevant for a student to, to think about their personal brand, even at the age of like, you know, 16, 17. Um, tell me about like your journey about building your own brand and, and why is it important for students to be considering this as well? Yeah, I mean, you have to look at it from a numbers perspective, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at things from a grand scheme of things, the law of averages, you're you're going to be an average, right? You're an average student. And if you are a, if you think that you're an above average student, let's just say you're an above average student at your college, there's probably numerous above average students from all of the thousands of other colleges around the US that have similar grades as you, similar internship yeah. experiences as you, et cetera, et cetera. So when you look at that, it's like what actually makes a difference by the time that you graduate? And it's you as a personality um, at the end of the day. If you have the same resume, the same experience, the same GPA as um, the person that's graduating from UC Berkeley, what's mm -hmm. the difference between you and them? The difference is going to be how you've portrayed yourself to the person that's hiring you. And to me, there's nothing more powerful than if your resume pops up on a recruiter's um, on a recruiter's table or whatever, and they're looking through it, and they're like, oh, I remember Justin Wynn, or oh, I remember Zubar right? Because they saw your content on LinkedIn, or yeah. you've reached out to them previously and had a, a coffee chat with them, whatever yeah. it may be. So that to me is ultimately the the power of personal branding. And we actually had an episode with this guy who he had applied to Tesla like three or four different times in the past. And I don't think he ever got an interview um, for the job. But then he created a, um, a LinkedIn article about how Tesla is changing his mindset on like, um, like, gas vehicles like vehicles that use gas or something and he's like that stereotypical like truck driving type of guy um that article went a little viral a the head recruiter at at tesla found it reached out to him and was like hey have you ever thought about applying to tesla 
And he's like, yeah, I've applied like several times before. I just never heard back or, or, or I always got like rejected. And he's like, oh, apply again. And he ended up getting the Tesla job wow. because the recruiter finally found out who this person is. And I think half of the battle or probably more than half of the battle when it comes to internships and jobs is does the person on the other end know who you are? Because if they do, then it becomes a much easier decision for them to make. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's actually like similar experiences that I've had as well. Um, and it, it feels a little bit weird. And I think one thing to note, uh, I'm sure you you faced it as well, but there will be doors which close. There will be like messages that you send and you won't get responses to. And it's a little bit hard to, to feel that, you know, like, are you getting ignored? But it's like going past all of those, all of those um, kind of, closed doors and the one that opens up is kind of incredible for you to to pursue um what about like i want to kind of unpack this a little bit more um how do we like what are the aspects of a personal brand how do you bring out your interests your your passion your values into something uh, into this kind of like entity that you want to show off yeah i mean i think when it comes to personal brands uh, a lot of people just think too hard about it and they probably think like, oh, I like anime. Like, who else likes anime? Or, oh, I like sports cards. Who else in the world would like sports cards? And what we found is because of the internet, let's just say you might be the only person in your town that likes that. Let's just say you're the only person in your town that likes sports cards or whatever it is. But on the internet, there are millions of other people that like that same yeah. thing. Yeah. And when you think about hiring, a lot of students think like, oh, I need to have the skills um, to pay the bills, or I need to have a degree to to get this job. And yes, that's sort of like checking the boxes. You definitely need that. But the ultimate differentiator is, is, is can that recruiter, can that hiring manager, can that manager that you're going to be working with, mm -hmm. do they see themselves being able to work with you for 30, 40, 60 hours a week? Right. Because yeah. they can teach you how to do Microsoft Excel. They can teach you how to code. Hopefully they don't have to, but they could if they wanted to. Mm. What they can't teach you is, is to be a good person and to, to like the same things that they like, to be able to have a conversation with them. And that's what people forget. And let's just say you like Pokemon, but then the other person also likes Pokemon. And during your interview, you somehow turn that conversation into talking about Pokemon and how it's like their 25th anniversary this year. I can almost guarantee you that you've won that interview. Because yeah. that person sees that you, you you can have a conversation with them outside of the work complex, but then you can also do the job, hopefully. Hopefully you have that part. Mm. Uh, I think that the term that I, comes comes to my mind is empathy. The fact that you can kind of humanize, and that's a challenge with resumes, right? You get a, a Word doc, which is a bunch of a words, essentially, right? Um, it has nothing, no characteristics. Um, so let's say we, we go down the pathway of building up some sort of personal brand. We somehow get ourselves connected to the right people. We build our network. We land ourselves an interview. Um, what do we do then? Um, how do we, and I think you kind of started mentioning some stuff, but it's like in our brains, like it's, it's a similar kind of thing that we're thinking that they want to assess our skills, but what should we really be trying to show off during, during a conversation where recruiters like, what are they looking for really? Yeah, I mean, for me, right, if you think about it, if you don't have the skills when it comes to by the time you get to the interview, you're not going to be able to learn it a week before the interview, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to be able to teach you how to code within a week. You're probably not going to be able to teach yourself how to code within a week. You put yourself in a bad situation by trying to apply to a job yeah. where you don't have the skills. What I do think people can learn how to do on quick notice is finding different ways to connect with whoever they're talking to on the other side. 
Mm. Um, I personally, whenever I go into interviews, and I, I think I had a pretty good record of of interviews when I was interviewing with like internships and jobs. Mm. Um, I always try to find a point of connection where whether it was talking about my struggles of trying to find internships, um, figuring out how to find them. And then now I created content and that related to the person that was hiring me. They're like, oh my God, I, re- I totally remember being a college student, like how hard yeah. that was. And then you you can talk more about that. Or um, like I'm from originally from the small state of Connecticut. And I always ask where people are from to see if I know like a random fact from that state. But especially if they say that they're from Connecticut, I start listing out some random things that I know about the state of like, oh, what's your favorite pizza place? Because people in Connecticut love pizza um, or talking about like my journey playing soccer and some of the the towns that I went to, like all these different sort of connecting points are things that make people feel good about themselves because that you're talking to because they feel like they're part of the conversation. If you're just talking about your yourself the whole time of like, oh, I'm so good at coding or I, I knew how to connect point A to point B when it comes to like project management or whatever it is, that's great. But they've already, you were supposed to already know that by the yeah, time you get yeah. to that interview. Um, that interview is really, for the most part, unless it's like a skills interview, to um, see if you actually fit with the team and the culture of the company. Yeah. Um, you know, my mentor says something and I, it kind of relates to what you just talked about. He says that, um, actually, it was, it was in a book I read recently, which is that when you introduce yourself to someone, and this was kind of in the context of a networking event, always introduce yourself with three things. Um, so for example, you just don't walk in and say, hey, I'm the founder of, of, of Zenotes. You say, hey, I'm the founder of Zenotes. Uh, I'm a runner and uh, I like to read a lot. And suddenly you've made three distinctive kind of connection points. And that's three times more than just introducing yourself through a very narrow lens. Um, and as you said, the most effective conversations and, and kind of relationships I've built are often not to do with work at all um i'm I'm still thinking about the networking context but you know you start talking about a topic and you certainly suddenly like are connecting on a on a personal level um with a story that they they can tell you about or or kind of or a fact or as you just said so it makes a lot of sense to be building that human connection as you as you're going through this interview stage um i want to kind of continue this this bit where we've we've gone through the kind of building ourselves into a more personable brand when we go into applying we got to the interview stage um i guess just discussing the job market a little bit there's it's changing so much especially under these kind of pandemic times um what are your what do you what do you think about it in general right now yeah so one quick add-on to the interview stage and then we can talk more about the the job i just didn't want to interrupt you um when it comes to the interview i always say you want to be remembered Mm -hmm. and an example for that right this is episode 46 of your show yeah. I'm sure if I asked you for your guest list, you probably can't list out all 46 people that you've had on. If you can, you have amazing memory. But <laughs> chances are you probably don't. And yeah. there's probably like five to maybe 10 people that really come to mind when I ask you for your guest list. Mm-hmm. Those people have probably found a way to really connect with you, whether it's something that you really enjoy learning about, or they found a way to finesse the conversation to talking about something that you like. Yeah. And that you now remember them for that, yeah. right? <laughs> That's yeah. the same thing that you want to do for an interview. I'm sure these people are interviewing 5, 10, 15 people for that same role as you. What you want to do is make a lasting impression so that when they're thinking about who they want to hire for that position, mm-hmm. you come up top of mind. 
Now that can be some of the answers that you, the way that you answer some questions that can be how you finesse the conversation into your favor and talk about things that, that you both want to talk about, mm-hmm. or that can be like asking great questions that people have never asked before. And that's something that I used to always do is I would always end the interview with this question of, Hey, um, like I'm, I'm new to interviewing and I always want to learn more about like better questions that I can ask during an, an, an interview. What is a question that you wish that I, I would have asked you? And literally the response every time that you ask a recruiter that is going to be this silence because they're (laughs) stunned. Right. And then the next one is like, (laughs) like awkward laugh. And then, you know, give give me a second to to think about that. And if they give you a second to think about it, that means you've done a good job because you've asked good questions. Yeah. Now, if they come back very quickly, then, you know, you've messed up. And that's something that you can keep as a note, as a mental note in the back of of your head. But then you ask them to answer whatever question that they tell you to, to ask. Keep that, like write down that as a note mm-hmm. and then follow up with that saying like, oh, thank you so much for that question that you gave me. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that if I ever do interview anywhere else that I'm going to use that question. It was something that I never thought about. Yeah. And now you've just solidified your memory in that person's head. That's a very, very smart trick. <laughs> I can see why you call it cheat codes. <laughs> I mean, it's again, just something very simple that you can add yeah. on to your to the end of your interview to be remembered. That's yeah. why people send the follow up with like the note cards and everything like that. It's so that your name comes top of mind when people are thinking about who's right for this job. Mm. So, yeah, incredible. I'm going to kind of like transition us to the job market and, and just kind of, first of all, what are your feelings as as we kind of come out of the pandemic? I'm not sure 100 percent, but what's the situation like? Yeah, I mean, I have so I'm in Orlando, Florida, and I graduated from UCF and UCF is like the number one hospitality school in the US or like top five all the time. And hospitality got crushed over the past year, year and a half. So I have a lot of friends that are looking for jobs because they can't find a job right now. Um, My advice to people is you have to realize that your skills aren't just in whatever industry that you got your degree in. For instance, with hospitality, right? Hospitality isn't hiring. What is? Tech. What are the main skills that you learn in hospitality? Customer service and being able to deal with customers at a massive level, right? Whether you're working at a resort, at one of the theme parks, anything like that. How did that transfer to an industry that is hiring like tech? Customer success, customer success roles. So these people are the people that are in charge of making sure that if you're a school and you purchase a Zoom licensing um, program, that you're able to um, you're able to walk through that customer from point A to point B, yeah. so that they utilize their uh, they utilize their Zoom license properly. Yeah, that's yeah. the same skills that you would do while working at a resort, but at a, a tech level. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, to capture that is essentially that you you must remember that the skills that you're learning in a certain degree aren't restricted to a certain industry. Um, I was lucky enough, I studied math, so it was so abstract that I can like kind of apply it to everything. Um, but it just it just seems like um, it seems like such a smart way of approaching it, like just almost like decoupling um things and just looking at the applicability of certain skills. So while we're talking about this, I, I'm kind of curious what you think 
because wh when I came out of university, I was a little bit overwhelmed, um, even during actually, um, whether to go down internship routes. And if I do go down, uh, take an intern role, would it be at, should we, should we be targeting like startups or should we be targeting, um, existing large corporations? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it really depends on, it's a, it's a case by case scenario, right? If you, if you want to take a risk and you want to try to join a, uh, an early startup, I mean, there's massive upside there. I'm sure the, the early employees of Airbnb aren't complaining um, yeah. that they took a later, like a lower salary at the beginning to now get the payoff that they just got with their IPO. Is that a risk that you're willing to take? That's up to you. Um, for me personally, my thoughts around this are you're 22 to 25 when you're graduating. Typically, you have some time to, to take some risks if you don't have a family to provide for. Why not? Why not risk it? Um, what happens that that company shuts down as long as you're building that personal brand, then you'll be able to find one very like another job very quickly. And the, a quick example of that is I have a friend that never graduated college. I think he dropped out after his freshman year and he was super interested in the marketing side of things. Um, so throughout since he graduated in freshman year, it's been about four years and he's been slowly building his personal brand on on Twitter since then. And it's not like he has a massive personal brand. He's like, three or 4,000 followers or something like that. But he texted me like in December. So in the middle of pandemic, and he was like, dude, I think I'm going to leave my job. I was like, what do you mean? You're going to leave your job in the middle of pandemic. Um, he's like, yeah, I, I just don't like the work that we're doing. Like the new year, new me, I'm going to start something new. I was like, okay, sure. Kudos to you. Good luck. After he quits his job, he sends out a tweet of like, Hey everyone, I'm going to be a free agent. If anyone, you know, that's looking in the e-commerce world, hit me up. Within a week, he had like 10 interviews and he ended up taking wow. a job and doubled his salary. <laughs> That's the power of yeah. like building up a personal brand. Um, I forgot what the initial question was, but I, I think that answers that, that initial yeah, question. Yeah, it was, as well. it was more like um, the kind of the comparison between like interning at a big corporation with like yeah. grad teams or anything like that or going for like more of a startup type approach. Yeah, um, I, I think if you want structure, then definitely go more corporate. But if you're if you're someone that if I asked you to do something and you're like, okay, bet I'll Google it, then startup is your move. If you're someone where I say, um, hey, go do this, and you're like, okay, how do I do it? X, give me X, Y, Z. Then corporate is probably more of your route. Yeah, that's a very simple way of, of classifying that. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of add myself is that while you're going through these kind of startup or any kind of journey, um, it's so important everything that you do creating assets for yourself to contribute to your personal brand is so powerful um so this interview or you know any kind of podcast you enter or blog post you write or you know twitter tweets that you send out um these are all kind of contributing to your overall imagery that the world sees and when you get to the stage as, as your friend he just told us about which is basically double the salary um, you get to that point, you suddenly have a bunch of people who've been watching your journey, uh, who've been seeing you transform, even if it's actually huge, like 360 degree or well, not 360, but 180 degree turns, um, changing your perspective completely or pivoting. Um, it's still being part of that journey leads you to kind of having that again, that same personable human interactable connection. Um, we're getting closer to the end of the episode. It's a bit longer than yours, but we're still quite tight. Um, and I would like to kind of look at the kind of the past few weeks and months of your, your kind of your podcast show and ask you what was one of that cheat code that really like kind of 
stands out for you? Yeah, so we just did a whole season on productivity where we brought on students and we brought on like YouTubers that sort of are are in the productivity space. And this is something that I started at the beginning of the year. I didn't know that there was like a name for it. But after talking to these individuals, there's a name for it called time blocking. So I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it, but it's sort of very similar to the Pomodoro technique. But basically before I would kind of go with the flow, right? So I would do some editing here, some content production here, some emails there. And it was kind of all over the place. Yeah. What I've started to do now is most of my like my Mondays, my schedule is almost always clear. Um, typically for me that those are my creative days, Mondays for the whole day. And then Tuesday mornings, Tuesday afternoons are typically my, um, my meetings. So all of my meetings that I'll have is Tuesdays afternoons. And I'll, I almost never, this is sort of the exception, um, almost never take meetings before 2 PM Eastern time. Okay. And that's because that's where my mind is usually most creative. And that's when I do that, that work. So that's sort of what has really helped me productivity wise is like time blocking and making sure things are on my schedule. I live by my schedule. If it's not on my schedule, I literally forget that it's a thing. <laughs> well, that's that's a really, really powerful technique, something I've been kind of using as well. Um, thank you so much, Justin. It's been really, really fun to have you. Some really interesting cheat codes. No, thank you so much. This was, this was awesome. Thanks, man. Take care. And we'll talk to you later. Peace. Bye. And that's another episode of the Tomato Timer. If you'd like to ask your questions and join us live next week, join the Xenos Discord server. The invite link is in the description. And to learn more about Xenos and how a bunch of students are on a mission of making quality education accessible to all, go to xenos.org. Bye for now.